Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello, and welcome to this, our 21st episode of Shark Buggy. We've come of age. Mind you, if you're tuning in after listening from 1 to 20 in the hope of an improvement, no, we're still the same. Other things featuring the number 21. Gallons of beer drunk per capita each year in Australia. Guns in a salute for the American president. And pips on a die. Hope all is well where you are. I say that because when I caught up with my good friend Howard this week, he'd had, and I quote, an awful embarrassing incident. Hecky thump. What on earth had happened? I was doing an online class and it was a private class for chocolate mini rolls uh, with some people, some engineers from California. And um, Emily, who is the host, uh, and I were setting up. So we always log on a little bit earlier just to check everything's working okay, get the camera in place and so on. So there I am, I've got my laptop on, on the worktop in the kitchen and uh, everything's set up. I've got my uh, headphones on and they're working perfectly. And then I click to start video and I think, what on earth is that? So what I'm expecting to see is my face Mm. in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. but no, there's something vaguely architectural in in the background (laughs) and something pale and hairy. Oh, and I'm thinking, (laughs) yes. Exactly. I think it, I don't even know what I'm looking at. And what had happened was that the webcam had fallen off and it was actually it was actually filming my legs. So it had it had dropped off the top of the the laptop. And it's sort of a close up of my legs looking up towards the ceiling. And I felt mortified. Emily said, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I said, no, I wasn't either. I just felt so embarrassed. Yeah. Well, it could have been worse, H, couldn't it? I know. (laughs) Oh, dear. You see, the problem is that I've got used to now, because it's been quite warm and you're doing baking, I just have shorts on all the time in the kitchen. And and because it cuts off normally at work top height, nobody can tell I've got shorts on. But obviously, Emily could. We've got a close-up of my legs. Well, at least you did have shorts on. That's where I've... Yes. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Howard. Well, I've steamed up now. Just the thought of those legs. The the other interesting thing that came out of this class... So, as I said, we were doing chocolate mini rolls. And uh, these people in, uh, in California had got the recipe. And this guy said, can I ask a question before we start? So, he said, yeah, yeah, of course. He said, what's a tea towel? Oh. So... Yeah. And I thought, oh, right. So I said, well, I showed him what one was. And he said, oh, that's what they call a dish towel. And it made me think, why on earth do we call them a tea towel? Because they they don't appear to have anything to do with tea, do they? (laughs) But it is for drying up dishes and so on. Yes. Yeah. I had a look in, in Wikipedia about the origins of it. It says that it's, it was, certainly in the past, also used during tea time. They can be wrapped around the teapot to keep the tea warm, prevent drips, and keep one's hand from being burned by the hot teapot handle. Look what I've got. <gasps> Look at that. Can you see? Country fair. Oh, yeah. Oh, isn't that a gorgeous illustration? I don't know if it's a wheelbarrow yes. or a cart, but it's, it's got a lovely big fat pig 
sitting in a wheelbarrow or a car. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it gorgeous? Beautiful. From 1951, All About the Country, a monthly journal of the open air, featured wonderful illustrations of birds, animals, insects, representing the particular month of publication, illustrated by a chap called John Hannah, and he was an Australian artist who worked in London in the 1950s and 60s. And it, it's just wonderful. And the author is somebody, and you'll love this name, MacDonald Hastings. Oh, yes. I thought you might. Oh, that's quite, that's very distinguished when you have a kind of surname sounding first name, yes. isn't it? Illustrious broadcaster, writer and journalist, well-known expert on farming and the country economy. And uh, he edited Daily Telegraph, London Evening Standard, all this. So it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So I found something in here that I'm sure you'll love. Page 67. Oh, just written on my bosom. Uh, page 67. Um, <laughs> You've done it yourself. Nobody else has done it. And it's under the category of home, the country hostess. I thought you would like a simple supper menu, appropriate something that can be prepared ahead of time, not elaborate, but with just enough of the party touch to make it useful when one has Saturday to Monday guests. If they were coming Saturday, they'd have gone Sunday night, wouldn't they? Or are they wanting to come Monday? I would have thought oh. so. But then again, you might be talking about people who haven't got work on a Monday. No. Maybe they're sort of landed gentry or something. Or yeah. It said, I might just as well call it an if and a but menu for in trying to consider the possible vagaries of the weather and the almost inevitable limitations of supplies that is what it has become but there's some beautiful things in here and it's mrs spry's receipts so we're back to you and your receipts recipes yes, and it's yeah, constant yeah. spry howard now i recognize that name constant spry she did flower arranging didn't she did she well she's written these recipes and she's got here black currant leaf ice in melon, which does sound wonderful. And Tareen yeah. Winkfield. Um, Tareen Winkfield? Mm. That sounds like somebody's name as well. <laughs> Tareen Winkfield is a rich dish which goes quite a long way and is made of liver, sausage meat and a small proportion of raw game, chicken, rabbit or meat. It is flavoured with herbs and a touch or more of garlic. The dish should be prepared at least 24 hours before it's to be eaten and served with fresh whole slices of toast. Where's the Winkfield come in then? That's the name of it. Oh, right. Winkfield Tareen, because that's where Constance Spry died. Oh. At Winkfield in Berkshire. So she probably named it after the place where she lived. Oh, there's a formidable picture of her on Wikipedia where she's arranging some flowers in a black hat. She's got a little bit here that says um, Such a meal might be eaten out of doors And for a garden table I find coloured cloths of dyed hessian Or rough linen are practical Particularly those of a dark colour They look well edged with coarse cotton fringe Such as one buys from shops that supply theatrical materials Isn't that lovely? <laughs> I mean, if you go to a shop that's supplying theatrical materials It's usually for a Halloween mask or something, isn't it? And it says also that she was she's known for being the co-inventor of coronation chicken. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know who else invented it with her, but I don't know how I knew she did flower arranging. Oh, but, you did, uh, though. We must say, though, she was an OBE. Yes, yes, she was. Born 5th of December 1886 in Derby and died age 73, uh, 1960. So she did well, didn't she? She did well. Did she? Yeah. Well, 73 in those days, Howard. Oh, don't tell Peter. 
probably weren't born in 1886. Uh, she liked to be called the flower director and she was a namesake for the first English rose cultivated in 1961 by the renowned grower David Austin. Constance Spry Rose, that's why I recognised the name Howard. She became a proponent of healthy living, educating housewives on the benefits of fresh air and nutritious food as part of a war on consumption campaign. Oh, she was called upon to arrange the flowers for the controversial wedding of Wallace Simpson, the Duke of Windsor. Cool. So well done yeah. with your flowers. You were right, Howard. We're talking about people with um, interesting names. So I was having a, a delve again in Nancy Shaw's Food for the Greedy and um, linking in with the idea of tea tea towels not really necessarily being uh, for tea. I found a recipe in here for an Australian tea cake. Now, what is your take on a tea cake? What would you call a tea cake? I'd call it a tea cake. What what, <laughs> what form of baked goods a, would you call a tea cake? A fruited bread bun. Would that be a fair definition? I would say so. There, You can get the other kind of tea cake, which is like a biscuit tea cake, which is a marshmallow and chocolate oh tea yes cake. yes but i would say a tea cake has to have some fruit in it mm -hmm. not according to this one australian tea cake two cups of flour quarter of a cup of sugar one cup of milk two eggs three teaspoons of baking powder and a little salt mix the flour baking powder salt and sugar together beat the eggs add the milk to the eggs and beat in the flour bake in a very hot oven for 10 to 15 minutes split with a sharp knife and butter well while hot. This is the most delicious tea cake. Now, that to me is not a tea cake. <laughs> but that's because it's called an Australian tea cake. Have we got anybody listening in Australia? Yes, we have. Can we ask their advice? <laughs> what do they call a tea cake? Because if, if, we, if we're finding out that in, a, in America, a tea towel is called a dish towel, then a tea cake in Australia must be something different to what we call a tea cake. The person who supplied the Australian tea cake is Miss Le... <laughs> Take a run at it, Howard. Miss Le... Yeah, Miss Le Primo Dea. Ooh, so, fancy. Oh, yes, Miss Le Primo Dea. I looked up who Miss Le Prima Deo is, and it's quite a, an established family. Ooh. So, yeah, they some of them modelled for the Pre-Raphaelites and things like that, mm. the Le Prima Deos. So, yeah. I thought it was going to be an anagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an Australian tea cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, listeners around the world, so thank you ever so much indeed for uh, getting in touch at podcast at theshatbaggerly.co.uk. This one from Kathy. So hi to Kathy. It says hello from the US in Jacksonville. Love learning about the differences between words and phrases from the US to England. Keep up the laughs. And then we've had uh, Laura. Hi, Katie and Howard. I currently work from. <laughs> What's funny about that? It was the way you said Laura. It's Laura. <laughs> Don't start. Oh, me, you, me and your mother. You gave it such emphasis. Well, anyway, sorry. Right, so Laura currently works from home in the USA in Louisville, Kentucky. I especially love in the most recent episode the discussion about differences in American British pronunciation. So very similar to Kathy. My husband and I yeah. already decided we would never use the American pronunciation of oregano because we love how the British pronounce it. So they do oregano, which is what you said. We're just getting from all over the world, Howard. Lovely. It's nice, isn't it? Oh, you know, um, 
Novak Djokovic won Wimbledon within this last week. Did he? Oh, yeah. Well, don't you find Wimbledon? You know what Wimbledon? Tennis? I know it with Arn. Djokovic, so. you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about donkey cheese. About what? Donkey cheese? Yes. Yes. Do you remember the donkey yeah. cheese? Well, he is, yeah. he's bought a farm in the Serbia and he milks the donkeys. Well, the, the farmer does, milks their donkeys several times daily to supply his vegan restaurant because there was rumours that he'd bought all the world's donkey cheese but that's not right but he's bought a farm where he has these donkeys milked several times a day so that must be a secret that's to a bit it worrying, that. why well because in a vegan restaurant you wouldn't be having anything that was a dairy product oh no 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 so what's the <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, because it says he supplies his restaurant, and I'd seen that he'd got a vegan restaurant. Maybe he's got more than one restaurant. Oh, my Lord, we've gone and put Jokan Djokovic in trouble. <laughs> oh, no, look, we'll get told off. He's got more money than we have. Let's just make know. sure. So he's got a restaurant. Ah, he's got two restaurants. <sighs> One's in the Belgrade Arena in the Serbian capital, so that'll be the one he provides his donkey milk to. And then he's yeah. also got a vegan restaurant in Monte Carlo, where he and his family are living. So that's what it must be that one. So his other one doesn't and say. And they've got a big notice outside saying, no donkey milk deliveries, please. <laughs> oh, gosh, we have to be careful. In Serbian. Yes, well, well thought there. Well thought. So what else has been going on in your world? Well, my mum had a, an incident the other day which she told me about. Bless her, she, she likes to get out if she possibly can. You know that she's partially sighted, but she, she does a little route around local streets in order to get a bit of fresh air. And she ventured somewhere a little bit different past the primary school mm. and uh, anyway as she was going past the primary school this ball flew over the, the fence and started to go down down the road and there's the small kids saying excuse me miss <laughs> miss can we have our ball and she's saying i'm so sorry but i can't see where it's gone so then they're directing her to where they can see the ball <laughs> Left a bit, right a bit. And she she found it underneath a car and she got it out oh. and then threw it over the fence, hit the edge of the fence and it went all the way down the road. So then she's saying, I'll go and see if I can find it. But then she said she felt so embarrassed because it had gone across the other road and she didn't cross the other road that she just found a different way of walking back. Bless her. <laughs> Do you know, nothing is ever simple, is it, in your family, really? Mind you, having said that, I had a scary moment this week. Blow neck. You know, we're encouraged to look after our bodies. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you should be feeling your bits and pieces and I should be feeling my bits yeah, and yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, we're not feeling... We can't feel each other's remotely, can we? <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing yours on behalf? Of me, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I had a shower and then uh, I went downstairs. I'd watched a bit of telly and whatever. And um, then I went to bed. Glyn was already in bed at this moment in time. So it was a bit dark. So I went to bed yeah. and I lay down. I thought, right, you know, do the... And I thought, oh, what's that? And it was a lump. 
it was a lump powered. Oh. And I thought, and oh. of course I couldn't put the light on because Glyn was asleep. And I thought, uh, right, what do I do? What do I do? So I got my phone torch. I got my phone torch and I shone it to where this lump was. And yeah. I, it, it didn't look right, Howard. It, it, and I thought, well, maybe it's not a... It looked a bit like a tick. And I'd been gardening that day and I thought, well, is it a tick? And thinking, well, I can't just pull it off because you've got to twist, haven't you? You've got to do it oh, properly. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to go, go to the bathroom. Anyway, I, <laughs> as I went down, just to add one more fiddle, it came away in my hand, Howard. And I thought, oh, it's the tick, there's legs in it and everything. So I, I clutched it to my bosom, quietly got out of bed, went to the bathroom, turned the light on, I looked in the mirror. Oh, Howard, earlier, after I'd had a shower, I'd been eating sweet popcorn. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and it was a little bit of the kernel. I'd obviously got stuck underneath. You know, there's the trick, isn't there, about being able to put a pencil under your bosom, and if you can put the pencil under your bosom, things have gone a bit too south. I can have the old pencil case under there, so a bit of popcorn kernel. <laughs> a bag of popcorn oh, as but well. how were the relief? But then, of course, as soon as I did oh, that, yes. I just made myself laugh. Flipping heck. Yeah, so that was the... <laughs> so, so a lesson to the ladies... Well, eating sweet popcorn, yeah. It's not just ladies, I have to say. I, I A few years ago now, I went to the cinema with a friend and uh, we had popcorn. And then um, I found, when I got into bed, I'd got a bit wedged in my belly button. So it had obviously fallen down my shirt and landed and got stuck there. So, yeah. <laughs> Little snack later on. Oh, do you know what I've done, though, with the glasses? I've just sent three pairs back. I, I must just show you these. Go on then. Because you'll hate these. These are going back. What if I said I like uh, them? There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Thunderbirds. I had some which were um, which were lovely shape, but they only come in what's called honey alabaster. Well, honestly, they're not my colour at all. Well, I'm, can you see if I hold my phone up or not? Have a look. <laughs> Is that you? Is that you wearing them? <laughs> oh, no. 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 no they're not. very different, aren't they? But <laughs> they are honey coloured, aren't they? That's it. I mean, they just. They yeah. are honey coloured. Yeah, and it's not. I, I think if you'd got, you know, blonde hair, you could probably get away with it. But I'm not having. I'm not dyeing my hair too much my glasses. No, and also if you were a woman, Howard, I think they'd probably suit you better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still not sorted his glasses. And as for the honey alabasters, they have to be seen to be believed. So of course I'm going to put them up on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Just look out for Shatbaggery Podcast. And who was it who co-created Coronation Chicken with Constance Spry? Well, it was Cordon Bleu chef Rosemary Hume. They both catered for a banquet to celebrate the coronation of our dear Queen Elizabeth II and it's believed that they came up with a recipe that was inspired by the Jubilee Chicken created for George V's Silver Jubilee in 1935. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. Have a good one and see you next time. Ooh, sweet popcorn. Oh, oh hang on, I've got to grab a bib. <laughs>